Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. To God today, I do want to take a moment uh, just to admonish our pastor. Uh, of course, many of you guys know that our pastor is, his, his official title is district superintendent. All that means is he has a lot of responsibility outside of our church. And we are blessed with an amazing pastor. And everyone say amen on that. Amen. This year, this past week, his family, or during this week, you can maybe see it for just a few moments here. Uh, this, the past, this past week was family camp, which was the first family camp as a district superintendent. And I would love to touch, let our church know we should be so Holy Ghost proud of our pastor. He is an anointed man of God, and he cares about this district so much. And he was used in a manner on Wednesday night. I, I, I unfortunately was not there on Wednesday night, but I had talked to several ministers in our district about this. And he was used in the, in the prophetic on Wednesday night for our district. And I am so privileged that we are able to serve under our pastor. And so he is going to be exhausted from this week. He is going to be exhausted from this week. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I would love for our church to extend our grace to our pastor and his wife and family as they try to recover from family camp this week. And, you know, one thing I've, uh, you know, the, the thought process, the thought process might be, well, that's not fair. He chose to do it. Well, he really didn't choose to do it. People voted him, voted him in to do the work. And so uh, we'll extend our grace to him. But may I tell you what, our pastor's incredible. I thank God for our pastor. Amen. Amen. I will also just make a quick plug here before I move into the Word of God. I do want to say there are a handful of teenagers and children who are looking to go to junior camp who have some money that's available to them that they're able to spend. So what I will just quickly say is uh, camp is where your life can change, where your child's life can change. And if you've ever been to a camp of any kind, a family camp, a youth camp, or a junior camp, uh, you realize that God moves in a very special way there. And so I would just ask if you're able to donate anything extra to help out another child, another teenager, be able to go to camp. You don't have to pay the whole thing. Each registration costs $150. Um, and I, I, I do know there's several teenagers who would love to go to senior camp, but they don't have the finances to do that. And so I, I know our church is a very giving church. And I also understand with the economy we are facing. Amen. Yeah, thank you. You guys are an incredibly giving church. I do know that there are fears, there are worries about the economy with inflation and recession and all these things that are taking place. But I do know one thing, we operate in God's economy and God will take care of us. If, if we take care of what God wants to take care of, he'll take care of us. And so um, I would just ask if you're able to put an offering into uh, today or the next week here to help out any teenagers or young ch uh, children to go to junior camp or senior camp, just mark it on your offering, just put camp and we'll make sure it goes to the right place there. Amen. Let's all stand for the reading of the word today. I'm excited to preach the Word of God today. I believe God has something great for us. I do not believe it's by accident that everyone showed up today that's here. Now, we have several who are still up at our campgrounds, and I thank God for them being there, and I know that God's going to get them back safely. But I do believe God has a word for every person in this room this morning. I do come here today with, I believe, the anointed word of God to be able to speak this to us. And so I would make sure we open up our minds, open up our hearts, that we can receive what God has for us. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we, are, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, everyone say, lay aside, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run. Everyone say run. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. I believe God's going to do something great here. So go look at your neighbor, give him a high five, and tell him it's good to see him in the house of God, and you may be seated. Amen. It's good to be in God's house today. Amen. 
So I take my text from Hebrews chapter 12, where the Apostle Paul is talking to us about how we must set aside every single, uh, every single weight, every single sin that does so easily beset us, the things that are causing us to trip on a regular basis. He says, lay aside all of those things and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It was March 1945. Allied commanders were shocked to discover that a small group of American soldiers had defied orders and engineered a strategic breakthrough that would shorten World War II. A vast, largely level plain sprawls westward from Moscow to Paris and beyond. Few formidable obstacles stand in the way of mobile modern armies that traverse this land in either direction. Over the centuries, however, the Rhine River in western Germany has stubbornly halted invading forces from the west, at least temporarily. That was the case for both Caesar and Napoleon, but in World War II, Allied plans to build overwhelming force before attempting to cross the river went magically terribly. Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery was supposed to make the first crossing too uh, far to the north. But to their commander's surprise, a small American army had walked across the sole remaining intact span. The Ludendorff Bridge at Remagen. Suddenly the Allies had a clear shot at Berlin, which was 300 miles to the east. As Eisenhower himself later wrote, the final defeat of the enemy which we had long calculated would be accomplished in the spring and summer campaign of 1945, was suddenly now just around the corner. By March 1945, Nazi Germany was all but beaten. German resistance was fierce, often fanatical, and the Rhine stood, the Rhine River stood in the way. The Germans were under orders to blow every single bridge up when the Allies drew close. The second Lieutenant Timmerman and a small detachment of his men unexpectedly came across an open, intact bridge across the Rhine River. When under heavy fire, they made their way more than a thousand feet across to the eastern side. They opened a bridgehead that surprised both the Germans and their own superiors all the way up the chain of command to Eisenhower himself. The ordinary men who engineered that strategic breakthrough was a man named Colonel Timmerman and his men, and they followed him through with bloody fighting that led him to at length towards the town of Remagen. They were ordinary men. They were undistinguished in civilian life with names that reflect the diverse history of the United States. But yet these men decided that, you know what, They're, we have to get strategic about our position to win this war. They understood they were at a place where, where they were supposed to be defeated at that point. But they decided we are not going to go out without a fight. And they decided I'm not going to go out without trying to get across this river. I'm not going to try this. So they, just, they, they uh, strategically placed themselves. They strategically placed themselves. Just ordinary men. They were not men who were distinguished in the sense of they had high rankings. They didn't have high honors in the army, but they were just ordinary men who led a breakthrough in World War II. The truth is this. They positioned themselves for the breakthrough, even though it was risky, even though they had some blood, sweat, and tears involved. However, it strategically helped them win that portion of the war. With the help of the Lord today, I want to preach a message about being positioned for a breakthrough. Positioned for a breakthrough. Because one thing I do know is this, your position does matter. And more than just your position and where you line up matters, your actions matter just the same. And so Luke 19, we find the story of Zacchaeus. Ten verses in the Bible are given to this story, and that's all we have of Zacchaeus. And we realize he was very wealthy. He, the way he acquired his wealth was very simple. He was a tax collector. Now, isn't that interesting? The tax collector got really rich. Isn't that interesting? Tax people get rich? All right. Business owners understand that. We understand the tax man. But just so we're clear, Zacchaeus was incredibly wealthy. He had a ton of money. But he had heard that this man named Jesus was going to make his way through that area. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 3, it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. 
And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he and could not for the press because he was little of stature. Every time I read this story in the Bible, I go back to the days in Sunday school where they talk about the song of how Zacchaeus was just a, little, a wee little man. Does anyone know that song? Does anyone know that song? All right. I would sing it for you, but I'll, just, I'll save you guys the, the pain in that. I'll save you the pain in that today. But he was of little stature. And uh, one of the first points I want to make about this story today was that he realized that he wanted to get close to Jesus, but he had a problem. He could not see above the crowd. One of the first things you must do if you are trying to get a breakthrough in your life is you must identify the problem, the weakness, or the struggle in your life. It is not just to say, I know Jesus is coming by near and I want to get as close as possible, but I know I'm just a short little man. Zacchaeus says, you know what? Okay, there's got to be something I got to do about this. I know Jesus can help me. I know this man, Jesus, can save my life. This man, Jesus, can do a lot of things, but I got to get to him. He was just a tiny human being. He had no way to even see Jesus as he passed through. And let me just take a moment and we can talk about how we need to identify the things in our life that hold us back. We have got to identify the things in our life that we cause that, that are stumbling blocks on a routinely basis, on a weekly, monthly basis where we say, I deal with so-and-so. I deal with this thing on a weekly and monthly basis. And yet at times we see those things and we don't see the pattern of those things. You must identify the problem first to get the breakthrough. You must identify the struggle you have before you can get a breakthrough from that struggle you have. And you got to be real with yourselves and say, you know what, I, I can only do so many things. I can only do so many things by myself before I just need to say, okay, this is my situation and I need God to come through. Zacchaeus realized that he was short, so he had to make a plan on how he can remedy that problem. You go into verses 4 through 6 where it says, and he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to, came to that place, he looked up and he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. But I look at that very first, the, the verse number four where it says, and he ran before the crowd. He understood what his issue was. He understood what he had to do to overcome what he was trying to get to. And so he runs before the crowd and he climbs up a tree. Let me just remind someone today that your position does matter. Your actions do matter. And so when you see the struggle in your life, let me just remind someone today that you have got to position yourself correctly and say, God, I need a breakthrough in my life. And you got to position yourself for a breakthrough. He runs. He does not walk. The Bible does not say he walks, but he, he runs before the crowd. He climbs up into that tree just so he could get a glimpse of this man named Jesus. Not just any tree. The Bible happens to put out that it says it's a sycamore tree, which is a symbol of strength and protection. He climbs that tree. He sets himself apart from the crowd just to get a view. It's important that we identify the problem in our life. But even more important is the action to set ourselves apart from our standard way of thinking. Sometimes we got to get away from the crowd to see Jesus. Sometimes we got to get away from the crowd of other people's opinions for me to see Jesus. Sometimes I got to say, you know what, family and my friends and my coworkers, I appreciate your insight into my struggle right now. But there's a man named Jesus that I just need just one moment in his presence that God can give me a complete breakthrough. And so pardon me a moment while I go ahead and I, forget, I position myself in a place where I say, God, I'm ready for a breakthrough in my life. As I was praying for this message, I did feel the Lord just impress upon my spirit that there's so many times that we hit these same walls over and over and over again. It's the same thing on a, on a repetitive basis. And I felt like the Lord was just trying to help me to read these scriptures and say, there is a breakthrough coming in this church. There's a breakthrough coming in your life, but you got to position yourself first. You cannot expect a breakthrough by doing the same thing over and over again. You cannot expect God to break through the things that you are dealing with by you doing the same things you're do you've been doing for years. There's got to be action. There's got to be movement. 
I realized that Zacchaeus did not, he did not care who saw him running. He didn't care who saw him climbing a tree. He just wanted to, he wanted to see Jesus. In Luke 19, 7, it says, and when they saw it, they all murmured. The crowd all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. When the crowd starts chattering, you know you're getting yourself aligned with the will of God. When people start talking, things are starting to say, man, what are they doing? What is, he's just a wee little man. He's a tax collector. Surely Jesus can't talk with him. Surely Jesus can't do anything with this tax collector, this guy who's stealing money and making himself wealthy. Surely God can't do this. Let me just be very clear today. When you start positioning yourself towards the will of God in your life, there will be people who will talk about it. There will be people who make comments, good and bad. There will be people who support the move and people who don't support the move. But one thing I do know is this. I don't live this world for the applause of man. I don't live this world for the applause of so-and-so and my neighbor, my coworker. But when I know I need a breakthrough, when I know I need something, God, to move into my life, I got to position myself, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, I'm going to position myself according to the will of God, and I'm going to find a breakthrough in my life life at some point in your life you got to be sick and tired of hitting the same wall and saying okay boom hit the wall I'm gonna come back I'm off my notes I feel it right now so let me just say this we run into these walls so many times church we keep hitting the same wall time again and time and again we're like what is happening and God's saying I'm gonna give you a breakthrough but you got to position yourself you got to lay aside every weight you got to lay aside the things that are holding you back you got to take some action to get the breakthrough God can give you the breakthrough but you got to take a step and say God I'm ready for a breakthrough position me for a breakthrough position me for a breakthrough and I feel like the Lord is telling this church this morning that you showed up on a Sunday morning and I believe God can position you today for a breakthrough in your life do you believe that this morning do you believe that God can give you a breakthrough amen I believe God can give us a breakthrough this morning no matter what people say no matter what you've done in your past this church body, if this is your first time in this church, thank you for being here. We do not hold people's past against them. Because the Bible says, such as were some of you, you were the same type of people. You were the same type of people who caused sin and had all these other things in your life. So we don't pass judgment on that because I know God has given me grace. I would not stand here today saying, you know what? I'm a perfect man. I am so far from that. Just ask my wife. It's not a roast on her. She just lives with me, you know, 11 years straight. But what I will say is this. You have got to realize that you have got to identify the thing that keeps holding you back. You want a breakthrough in your life. I thank God for your willingness. But you have got to understand what is that same thing that you're holding on to. That thing that's holding you back and you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm ready, God, to give this to you. I'm going to position myself for this. And God's going to do that today. Verses 8 through 9 says, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to his house, to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. He receives forgiveness and a breakthrough from God from being just a real man, saying, God, listen. I did cause that sin. I did steal from the poor. I did do these things. And God immediately honors that. And he forgives him and gives him that breakthrough. Why did he get that breakthrough? He positioned himself. He had to get to in front of the crowd. He had to climb up that tree. He had to position himself just to get a glimpse of Jesus because he knew if I can get a hold of Jesus, if I can get a hold of that man named Jesus, he can give me the breakthrough I need in my life. If I can get a hold of Jesus, we have got to position ourselves according to what God has for us in our life. I am going to be losing my voice today, so I may sound like a dying horse or cow or whatever you might want to call it. But I'm going to preach what God has given me, and I'm going to pray that God gives me my voice, the strength to do it until I finish here. But if you are stuck in a spiritual rut, 
If you are stuck in a spot where you're saying, I'm hitting the same wall over and over again. I'm hitting the same spot. I, Pastor, I can't get past this. I, I keep falling into anger and I keep falling into depression. I keep falling into all these things. Start positioning yourself. And when I say position yourself, you say, that sounds great, Pastor. What does that mean? Get yourself aligned with God and just tune out the voice of everything else. The voice that God will never tell you to miss church. Ooh. The voice that God will never say, hey, you know what? Just forget so-and-so. The voice that God will, say, will never say, never forgive your brother for what they offended you by saying. I'll just give a newsflash before I move on. This church is not perfect. Want to know why? Because I'm here and you're here. Amen? All right. Got some witnesses here today. But I'm, I'm, being, I'm being kind of, uh, you know, whatever, but it's a true statement. We can be so easily offended by other people. This is not in my notes. I tried, I'll just keep going. But we can be so easily offended by other people. And we hold grudges and bitterness against people. That is not the voice of God. That is not the will of God in one way or anything. And so you say, Pastor, I'm stuck in a spiritual rut. I would say, Where's your, where are you positioning yourself with right now? Where are you aligning yourself with right now? Are you following the will of God for your life? Are you saying, I'm going to come to the house of God every single day, every time the doors are Are you positioning yourself or are you pulling yourself away? You've got to realize that we have got to position ourselves to get a breakthrough. We cannot worry what others will say about us. But just know that you are positioning yourself for the breakthrough in God. I cannot tell you how many times as in my role in our district, I am the district youth president director where I just oversee all the youth in Minnesota, where I see students and young people who they, they, they literally care so much about what other people say and think. And I always tell them that this is, this is, how, I, this is how I think. And so if you want to know how I think, this is how I think. If you think you're so important that everyone's talking about you, there's probably pride in your life. Right? This is how I operate my mind and my life. And so I, I'm going to apologize for being very real today. But I tell students, I'm like, you're not that important. And to adults, you're not that important for everyone to just run their life by you. I have no idea why I'm pastoring so much today. But I just feel so led by God we, we, we get so focused on what people say and what people think. All I care about is being in the will of God and being in the presence of God and saying, God, use me as I am. God, give me a breakthrough. God, help me get through this. God, give me strength. God, give me peace. God, give me wisdom. I want to be in that will of God. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage. Everyone say heritage. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. We quote that first portion, that first portion of Scripture so many times, that no weapon that formed against me shall prosper, and I believe that. But there is a heritage. There is a heritage that's belonging to us. If we're able to say, God, you know what? I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm going to keep on trying to get my breakthrough. I'm going to keep on positioning myself and removing the sin, removing the weight, removing the things that are stopping you. I am going to find, my will, find your will in my life. But we have got to be confident in this one thing, that when you are positioning yourself, that there is no weapon that can harm you. There are no words that can stop the breakthrough in your life. The only thing that can stop the breakthrough in your life is you, is me. That is the only thing that can truly stop a breakthrough in your life. It is the will of God that every person in this room today is free from sin, free from addiction, free from depression, free from anxiety. It is the will of God that that is the case. That is the will of God. That's the will of God for our lives. But too often we try to take this breakthrough into our own hands. And we say, God, I'm going to try to get my own breakthrough today. I can handle this, God. Don't worry about me. But God is trying to say, no, no, no. Position yourself. Humble yourself. And say, lay aside the weight. Lay aside the sin. Lay aside the things that are so easily besetting us, that are so easily setting us off course. But lay aside those things. And that is the will of God. We must get ready to position ourselves. 
We must get ready to position ourselves. We have got to get ourselves ready because God is getting a breakthrough is going to come today. For those who want a breakthrough, I felt the promise of God when I was praying about, the, about this message. I felt it so strongly in the Holy Ghost. If you want a breakthrough, it can happen today. It can happen today. It can happen today. We find another story in Luke chapter 5, the story of the disciples who happened to be fishing. Luke 5, 1 through 3, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of whatever that's called, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Jesus here was being pressed upon by the people to hear the word of God. He looks over the lake and he sees uh, these two ships that are just, who are just kind of floating by the lake who are on the shore there. There were no fishermen inside it because they were, they were just cleaning out their nets. They were washing their nets. And here's the deal. Sometimes you can be in the right place at the right time and not even know it. There are times when you can be in the right place at the right time and you're like, oh, wow, that worked out really good in my favor. There's also times when you know you should be in the right place and you don't do it, Right? But here in this case, Simon here, they had no idea. They were just fishing. They were, that's what their career was. That, that's, that's what they were doing. They were just fishermen. And they were just docking up because they had been fishing all night and they hadn't caught a single fish. And they, they were just cleaning their nets. And they had no idea what was about to happen. I'm sure they knew Jesus was on the shore. I'm sure they knew Jesus was nearby. But they had no idea what was, what was going to happen next. They had no idea about that. These men were no doubt ordained by God to become the very first disciples. However, in that moment, they were just fishermen cleaning their net. Verses 4 and 5, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. The word right here, if you are looking for a breakthrough in your life, the word is this. It's that simple phrase, nevertheless, at thy word. Nevertheless, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will do it. I don't feel like nevertheless. I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Nevertheless, Let me just encourage someone today. You got to get a nevertheless attitude in your mind and say, I'm going through a bad time. I'm going through a valley low right now. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will go. I will get my breakthrough today. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to seek after you. We got to get determined. I'm sick and tired of what I've been doing for the last year, two, three years. I'm ready for a breakthrough. Nevertheless, at thy word. Nevertheless, at thy word. That can get you through a lot of struggle. That can get you through a lot of bad days and a lot of horrible moments in your life when you just say, God, not my will. Nevertheless, I want your word in my life. Nevertheless, I don't have the education. That's okay. Nevertheless, I don't have the pedigree or the family history. Nevertheless, if you want a spiritual breakthrough in your life, it will always come by obedience and submission to the word of God. If you want a breakthrough in your life, it will always be because of your obedience and submission to the word of God in your life. Always. Always, you cannot get that breakthrough without the obedience of the word of God. You cannot. Verses 6 and 8 where it says, and when they had done this, nevertheless at thy word. I fished all night, Jesus. We've been here all night doing this. But okay, if you're saying to go out in the deep and you're saying to cast out my nets one more time, nevertheless, I will do it. And when they had, done, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. They received a breakthrough in their fishing career that moment. 
I say that that way because it's kind of a humorous thing. These guys were just fishing for a living. And also now they have so many fish. They have, so, they have caught so much of their, uh, uh, so many fish that they have two ships that are literally sinking. They had a breakthrough. And God says, okay, that's great. That's wonderful. But this is what, this is what Simon Peter says. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Simon Peter received a breakthrough with his fishing career. However, even Simon Peter knew what had really happened. He repents to God in that moment because he, had, he knew that already that God was beginning to position himself to a new dimension. He understood in that moment that he was with Jesus. He was with the creator of all heavens and earth. He understood where he was at. And all of a sudden, the, the, all those fish came in. They caught all those fish, and Peter knew God was positioning himself. He was positioning him for something. And, of course, we know he becomes a disciple. God then tells him to be fishers of men. We know that story. But my point I want to just illustrate out of this here is simply this. They were at the right place at the right time. I cannot tell you if it was an accident or not, but Jesus was there. And when they were on the shore, just cleaning their nets, and Jesus says, he said, the Bible says, I will pray that you let me launch out. I pray you go with me. They had a choice right there. Position is not the only thing that matters. Action as well. They were positioned at the right place at the right time. They were there with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, please, please, let, let's go out. They could have said, now nah, we're good. We've been fishing all night. We're done. But instead, they took action. So many times, we can position ourselves right on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday night, on a Wednesday, when we feel the Spirit of God moving across this auditorium, and we thank God for that. But we start positioning ourselves here, and God's like, okay, you're almost there, you're almost there. But then we get back home. We get back to the places where we're hitting that breakthrough, where we're hitting that wall, and we got to have to make a decision. Are we going to take action or just be positioned? Position without action is not a breakthrough. That's being stagnant. That's being stagnant and not moving forward. But if you want a breakthrough, and I'm not just talking about like a cute little hand clap breakthrough. The thing you've been dealing with for years. I'm in the Holy Ghost now. I feel it. The things that you've been dealing with for years. If you want a breakthrough like that, your position and your actions matter. Your position with God matters, but even more so than that, once you get yourself aligned correctly, you cannot be the same person you were yesterday. You got to say, okay, God, I'm ready for this breakthrough in my life. I'm going to take my first step of faith. I'm going to keep on going and say, God, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but nevertheless, at thy word, one more step, one more step, one more. And before you know, you are in the middle of the lake, and God is saying, launch out into the deep, and all of a sudden, you get a breakthrough in your life. Let me encourage someone right now. Your breakthrough is on the way. Your breakthrough is going to happen today but you got to align yourself and then you got to take action and say God I'm laying aside this God I'm going to put away this I'm going to put away that I want to get into the will of God I feel I, I personally feel a wall today a lack of faith possibly I don't know what it is but I just feel it so strongly right now in my spirit that some of you don't believe you can actually get a breakthrough today there is a spirit of doubt in someone's life in this room right now you say, I have dealt with that pastor for a long time. I have dealt with this issue for many years. All it takes is one moment, position and action, and God can literally do anything he wants to do in your life. But you have to take action. You have to notice that Zacchaeus and, Zacchaeus and Simon Peter both repented and asked God for forgiveness for a breakthrough. They both asked God. They both repented to God. For the breakthrough. That's a part of being aligned with God. That's a part of being aligned with God. Your position matters. You are in the right place at the right time. You are here today for a purpose. There's no doubt in my mind that you showed up to this church on this Sunday morning for this message. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that you are here for a purpose. But it's time to take action. It's time to take action in our lives. Because I believe God can give you a breakthrough in your life today. I do. I'm not screaming that. But I believe God can do that. But do you believe that? I believe God can heal your body today. 
Do you believe that? We sang about that, that, that same God. We just sang about it. And sometimes we just sing songs because they're on the screen behind us. We don't even think what the lyrics we're singing. He is the same God. The same man who can heal the blinded eyes, make the lame leap, the ones who can heal cancer, the ones who can do all the... Let me just tell you, that same God is here today. That same God is here this morning. Amen. That's the same God. Before Abraham could become the father of many nations, he had to first position himself in the land of Canaan. Before Esther could save the Jews from being killed, she had to first position herself in the king's palace. Before that short little wee man could see Jesus over the crowd, he had to position himself by climbing up that tree. Before Peter and the other disciples could catch a heavy load of fish, they had to first position their net on the right side of the boat. Before Peter could ever walk on the water, he had to first position himself on the water. Before Jesus himself could defeat the power of sin and death, he had to position himself on the cross. Your position matters today. Your position does matter this morning. We read it in the very beginning, but I'm going to read it one more time. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, the walls, the things that we keep hitting, the things that we keep hitting on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. We keep hitting these things. And I feel led right now just to say this. I don't even know why this isn't. Here we go. I, I was talking to the teenagers a few weeks ago. Excuse me. And the Lord impressed upon my spirit while I was teaching about how we try to get revenge at times. This is not even in my notes. Is this all right? I was talking to the teenagers about this and how we can try to take revenge into our own hands because so-and-so hurt us. Family things and marriage issues and extended family things. And, you know, listen, we all got family here. We all got issues. Can I get an amen? <laughs> um, but let me just say this revengeance is not yours to get the revenge it's not for you to get the Bible never once says to get revenge on your neighbor and your family your mom or your dad or anything it doesn't happen the Bible says that it's his he can get it it's back to positioning we got to position ourselves right too often we're trying to take these hurts and these, these things that are causing so much bitterness and anger and strife into our heart that's happening on a weekly basis. And we got to say, okay, it's not mine to just take vengeance on someone else. It's not my job to be angry at my brother or my sister. It's your job to forgive. It's your job to move on. And let me just make a little caveat here. You don't have to let them back into your life. Offering forgiveness for those who have hurt you and those who have wounded you that are close to you does not automatically give them the right to come back into your life and hurt you again. Is this all right? I don't even know why I'm on this, but I, I just feel like so often we keep hitting these breakthroughs in our life and we, we, we keep hitting these walls in our life. It's because we're not letting go of anger and bitterness and hatred and strife and envy and jealousy we're holding on to those things. I can say that because I've been there. Just so we're clear. I have been there before where I, I you know, actually I'll, I'll share this story. It was a few years after, uh, yeah, it was a, I was, at, I was at, at Indiana Bible College for a year. I, I won't share my whole story there, but my parents went through a divorce when I was 16 years old. I love them. They're back to married. I thank God for them being married. They're not here this morning. They're actually picking up my camper, picking up their camper for helping us. But anyways... <laughs> But let me be clear. They got divorced. They hit a rough patch in their life. It happens. Right? It happens. But I thank God that, they, that they, they're restored and they're back married and happy. I, I thank God for that. But I say this to say that I was at IBC, at Indiana Bible College, and I, I was there to become a minister of the gospel. No one in my family is a minister. I'm a first-generation minister of this, of this apostolic doctrine. 
But I remember this, and I was telling our teenagers this recently, that I legitimately hit a wall at Indiana Bible College where I couldn't feel the spirit of God move at all. And you're in church like a hundred times a week. And I'm not talking like a little banjo in a corner. Like they have like full out, like there's, you know, it's good stuff. But I was there for like months in the second semester where I could not feel God. And I'm telling you, I couldn't feel God. It was a very scary, weird place to be because I'm like, God, I'm positioning myself at IBC to become a minister. I'm positioning myself here, God. Why aren't you using me? Why, you know, what's happening here? And I'll never forget it. I'll probably start bawling my eyes here in a second, but I'll never forget the moment where God just smacked me upside the head. It was a late night. I was in my dorm room at IBC, and I, I was just praying, God, I, I, I need to feel your presence again. I need to feel the spirit of God in my life. And this is no joke, and I, I felt him impressed. God, just so we're clear, God's never spoke to me in an audible voice. I've never heard the voice of God. If you have, that's awesome. But I haven't. But I felt it impressed in my spirit where God told me, you've never forgiven your father. Ooh. And I said, I just lost it. The spirit of God came into that room. But here's the deal. Having the knowledge now that I had never forgiven my father for the hurt that he did in my life. Just so we're clear, we all make mistakes. I'm not judging my parents in any way, shape, or form when I say this, because they're great saints of God here. But let me be very clear to you. I had the revelation from God at IBC that I had to forgive my own father, and I wept. Just, it was ugly cry. But guess what I had to do? I had to hop on a phone call. This breakthrough we're talking about, <laughs> we're here now. This breakthrough we're talking about, there's some action you got to do. I had to call my father. I had to ask for forgiveness, and I had to receive forgiveness. And let me just tell you, I had a breakthrough of the Holy Ghost that moment. And I'm here to tell right now, I can tell in this room I'm ministering in a deep way. But let me be very clear. There is God is trying to help you right now. You're hitting the same wall. You're hitting the same thing over and over and over again. And it's because you're holding on to bitterness. You're holding on to anger. You're holding on to strife. And let me just tell you right now, it's not your job to get revenge. It's not your job to get vengeance. It is the job of God. It is your job to forgive and say, I want a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I'm sick and tired of not being where. I'm just sick and tired of not feeling the presence of God any longer. I want to feel the presence of God. And God is saying, it's time to get a breakthrough. It's time to quit holding on to these things. It's time to let go of these things and say, God, take it out of me. We must lay aside every weight. We must lay aside every bit of anger. We must lay aside every bit of it. I want a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Jesus. Every hand raised right now. I feel the spirit of God in this place. I feel the spirit of God right now. Talk to God. Talk to God right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, right now, I feel it. I feel it right now. We're coming up against this, this wall, this thing. We're coming up against this thing right now, God. I pray you give us strength. I pray you give us maturity right now, God, to walk in the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, you give us wisdom to take the next step right now. Come on, that's it, church. Come on, let's talk to God for a second. We're in the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. I promise you, there's a breakthrough on its way. There's a breakthrough on its way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. You may be seated for a moment. I'm afraid that some of us today still don't believe. I'm afraid some of us still have doubt. 
But I'm here to tell you today, God can do this. He can restore broken relationships. He can restore a lot of things. But you got to take action. I'm going to finish with this story here in the Bible. And I believe God's going to have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost in this place. Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 26, it says, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. She had a constant issue of blood upon her for 12 years. It's a long time. I would happen to say in this moment that there are people here who have been dealing with things for more than a year, more than two years, more than five years, more than ten years. I believe in this room today. I look across this room this morning, and I feel like there's people in this room who have been dealing with issues for a long time, who have been having this wall for a long time, who have been hitting this, this, this wall of frustration and anger and doubt for a long time. I'm emotional today because I know I'm in the Holy Ghost, and I know what it's like not to feel the Spirit of God. But no doubt in this room today, young and old, male, female, we all got our issues, we all got our struggles, we all got our things. But this lady right here had been dealing with this issue for 12 years, which had thrown her, you know, no doubt into great weakness, had, had embittered the entire comfort of her life, she was in pain, and threatened to be her death in just any moment of her life. This thing that she was trying to get fixed for 12 years, this thing that was causing her so much pain, physical pain, this thing was just, it was just there. It just stayed there. She used the best of the best of, of, of physicians. She used their advice the best that she could get, and she, she had made use of the many medicines and the many methods they had prescribed. As long as she had anything to give them, they had kept her in hopes that they, that they could eventually cure the issue of blood in her life. But now that she had spent all she had, the Bible says she had spent everything she had to fix this issue of blood. Everything. And again, I look in this room this morning. I don't know everyone's story here today, but I know there are people here this morning who have spent a long time and spent a lot of things trying to get these things back. And what God can do in a moment will eradicate 12 years in a moment. But now she had spent everything she had and they gave up. This is incurable. You're going to live with this forever. There's no way this is going to be healed. There's, there's no way whatsoever this is going to be done. She had spent all that she had. Verse 27 says, And when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. This lady who had spent everything she had, she had all the hope in doctors. She had all the hope in physicians. She had all the hope in all these things. And just so I'm clear, I have nothing against that stuff. But she had spent everything. But then she had heard of a man named Jesus who was happened to be in the midst of her. She came in the press, meaning she came in uh, to crowd. I don't know how she was walking. I don't know if she was crawling. I don't know how she got there. But there was a crowd of people, and she just touched his garment, and she said, if I can just touch his garment, I can be whole. And let me remind someone today, that same God is here today. That same God is here this morning. 
if you may not be able to touch his physical garment but let me be let me be very clear the veil was rent from top to bottom so we can have relationship with Jesus directly which tells me this simple thing you don't have to go through me or your neighbor to get to Jesus you can just say Jesus I need a breakthrough Jesus I've been dealing with this for a long time Jesus I need you that same Jesus is here this morning you see this lady positioned herself to get as close to Jesus as she could I'm sure it was difficult to get through the crowd and I'm sure as she was making her way through it, people were looking at her I'm sure they were mocking her and scorning her I'm sure they were saying what are you doing lady but when you get to a point in your life where you are so sick and tired of hitting the same wall every single time, you won't care what people say or think when you're trying to get to Jesus. You won't care one bit what they're going to say about you because, honey, let me just tell you, God can heal you this morning. Sir, he can heal you this morning. I believe it for I believe God can do it today. But you got to position yourself. Let's all stand across this sanctuary. But she knew she had to position herself to get there. Positioning is not the only thing that's important. Position and action. I shared that story about my father and I for a purpose. I know there's hurts in this room today. I know there's wounds of yesteryear in this room today. And I know there's a big wall in front of some of you. And so here's how we're going to end this service. I believe very strongly that God can do that this morning. I can't make it happen for you. I have legitimately given you all that I have in regards to my energy this morning to try to convince you that God can do it. But that same God is here. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.